0: Thank you for joining in on today's podcast at The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. To find out more information about our ministry, please go into the World Wide Web at www.thegatheringnj.org. Again, that's www.thegatheringnj.org. Sit back, relax, and listen in. the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today again. I think I do want to switch out my mic. I'm not fond of the echo. There we go. That's a little bit better. Praise God. Our greater is coming. I don't know about you guys, but this week was an interesting week. You know, it, it was it was one of those weeks where you said, okay, Lord, it felt like you had any, everything on your list to do. You know, and it was like you were checking off, like you were running. You're like, okay, check. Check. You know? And I don't know, but this morning it felt like time just accelerated. Between Thursday and today, I just, I was like, whoa, where did the time go? You know, you open one eye and you see 8 o'clock, then you open the other eye, and it's like, it's 941. 41. What? You know you're like I gotta get moving but that's what happens when when God has things for you sometimes you got to pick your feet up and just keep moving you got to accelerate you can't wait for things to happen you got to get on the move and make some things happen amen amen so even though the greater is coming you got to go to the greater too. hallelujah and so this morning what the Lord has really placed on my heart is just to remind us about a few things as he's speaking to us about what the greater looks like and what the greater is and so I come to encourage you about what's coming and to challenge you to align yourself so that as it comes you're ready to take hold of it in Jesus name are you with me all right now let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this is another day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. We command our hands to lift, oh God. We command our feet to praise you. We command our lips to give you the sacrifice of praise, oh God. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, you are God. You are great. You are magnificent. You are wonderful, oh God. And so even as we'll continue in this worship, Lord God, as we'll continue in this vein, Lord God, of teaching, Lord God. Father, we ask that you would anoint my lips, Lord God, of clay. You know what your people need today. You know where their faith is, Lord God, and we pray that their faith would rise to a greater dimension, Lord, even as your word goes forth, Lord, as I speak, as, as you've told me to speak, Lord. So we thank you this morning. Help us, Lord God, to get in line with your purpose and with your will. tell somebody the greater is coming look at somebody else and say your greater is coming look at somebody else and say your greater is coming all right all right all right as i said exceedingly abundantly above all that i can ever ask or even think that means that God's gonna blow your mind about some things. Have you ever said, "Lord, this is what my goal is," and He He exceeds that. You get there and you say, "Now what?" It's <laughs> the very thing you've been dreaming about, and then God says, "No, but there's more," because you see, when we're in God, God gives us big dreams, because our dreams are too small for Him. He starts with our dreams, and then He He breathes into them and brings something bigger to life and so what begins to happen is we have to begin to transition our minds because we have to begin to think about the way he thinks about us and the way he thinks about our situation and so as we begin to do that then we begin to realize that this is not about our destination but it's about the journey that he has us on tell somebody it's about the journey Don't forget to enjoy the journey. And so, the first thing that I want to speak to us about this morning in being greater is, number one, you must know that you're already great. Sometimes we look at ourselves and say, oh, I don't know if I can do this, and I don't know if I could do that, or do I really have it in me to do this? But God is saying to you today that yes, you do. You have what it takes for where he's sending you. But you must know that greatness lies within you. The dream is already there because he put it in you. His spirit is already in you when you asked him to come into your life and to dwell there. So you have a great God that lies on the inside of you and that is what makes you great. Sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, how can I? And God looks at you and say, how can't you? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God has giving us the strength to make it happen. And so I've dear you today, those things that you've written down in your journals, those things God is speaking to you about in your heart. Begin to speak life to those dreams. Begin to think about how can I make this happen with God's help? Stop thinking about what you have and look at where God is taking you and begin to think in that vein. So my question to you today is, are you okay with being big, with being great? If God is calling you to be great, a great person, a great city, on a great job, in a great sphere of influence, the question is, are you ready to go on the big scale, to do things large? Because that's what greater means. It's large in size, in number, in power, in intensity. That's what greatness is about. But are you okay with that? Some of us, we haven't been okay with it in the past. But we have to get comfortable with it. We have to be okay with managing things on a bigger scale. God is getting ready to give some of us some promotions. God is getting ready to to cause some of us to walk into motherhood, fatherhood, being a wife, being a husband. Going to another grade. Fourth grade or fifth grade? High school to college. College to graduate school. Graduate school. Listen, getting a PhD. Woo! Come on now. But are we ready? Is it okay with that? Are you okay with what God is about to do in your life? Get comfortable with being in a new place. One of the things that God wants us to do is to take us to a greater level of intimacy with him as we are on this journey. In John chapter 6, verse 38, we recognize that Jesus begins to speak. And basically, he says, I've come to do the will of him that has sent me, he was clear that he was sent on a mission and a purpose. He knew that his purpose was to reconcile the world. That's what God the Father sent him to do so that we could experience eternal life with him. So the question is, do you know what that greater is that God is calling you to? What what has God sent you here for? What is your mission? What is that vision that he's put on the inside? What's that burden that burns deep within you? That when something happens, you say, you you find yourself rising up, you know? But some people, whenever you see someone getting abused, you rise up and you get violent about it. You want to say, stop. You don't think about yourself. You just want to break it up. That's because there's a, a, a passion inside of you to see justice. And so today, the thing about it is that we have to have a greater level of intimacy with Christ because what begins to happen is if if we don't spend time with God and we don't begin to pray strategically, then we become confused about some things and we begin to do things in our own strength. And that's when we start messing up and that's when we start tripping up and that's when we get very frustrated and we think that God is not hearing us. But he is. And so we have to make sure that we're beginning to pray as he's asking us to do. Spend time in his presence. You know what? Nothing is too big or small for God. He cares about every little thing concerning you. So bring it to his feet. And God says he doesn't just want you to pray about yourself and about your situation. But he wants you to begin to take people with you in prayer. He said, shoulder your brother's burden. Whatever your sister's going through, bring it to me in prayer. Don't just go for yourself and say, all right, I'm together now. Now I'm good. No, 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 no. Now help them to possess their land, to conquer the very things that they're struggling with. Speak encouragement say, girl, you got this. I've been there. I know what it's like, and I hear you. But God can do it because he did it for me. And I know he'll do it for you. Let me, let's pray together. Come on. And lock arms and begin to pray about that thing together. And that's where the power comes in. That's where the deeper intimacy comes in. Because it's not just you being selfish about what you want, right? But now you're thinking about the interests of others. And God just starts getting tickled and he starts getting moved because it just makes him happy that we're caring about the people that he cares about. And so as a result, he begins to move among us like we've never seen him move before in ways that we've never seen him move before. All of a sudden, people who are sick begin to get healed. Because God is in the midst of us. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. Dead smack in the middle of your situation and of your circumstance. Now, the answer you get might not be the one you want. But you will get an answer from him. Tell somebody you got to trust him. Gotta trust him with your greater. It might not look like the way you want it to look, might not come the way you want it to come. But just know that it's coming. And you must know that you're already great in Him. When you've accepted Him into your life, His presence lies within you, and you are going to give birth to the greater if you allow God to do the birthing through you. So pray fervent prayers, and become skillful at the word of God. The word of God is going to assist you with how to pray. Sometimes we don't know the will of God because we have not studied God's word. We have not studied to, to show ourselves approved. We have not divided it. We, we haven't learned how to divide it. We have not sat on, on, on the teaching. But we must be taught the word of God. I know I sat for many years. Let me tell you, it was even to one point where I ran to someone and I said, I need you to mentor me. It threw her back ten steps. And she said, I had to go to God when you came running to me. And she said, God, I, I, I don't know if I could do this. And the Lord had to speak to her and say, but you're doing it already. There are the women who are under you. Why not take one more? Sometimes we're like, God, I don't know why this person's coming to me. But if God is invested in you teaching, they're going to come. Because you must teach them what God has taught you. Do not delay. It's important to release the teaching that God has given to you. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm getting excited. I have to slow down a little bit. But sometimes we get selfish with what God gives us because we, we think it's inadequate. We don't think it's enough. And so we think we still have to sit. And God is saying, go. Go. God says, you must make disciples. You cannot stay by yourself. Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it goes to the ground and it dies, it becomes many. And God wants to multiply us. God just does not want us to hold on to what we have and keep looking at it. And God says, share it with somebody else and watch me expand you. I will expand your knowledge. I will expand your experience. I will expand your area of influence. But you must go. You must get deeper in the word. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I feel myself just jumping into the second thing. But the thing about it is, you know what, I'm gonna go there. I'm I'm just gonna go with the flow. But you know, God wants us to you know, get, get deeper in terms of even reading certain books. Sometimes we, we're feeding ourselves the wrong stuff. You know, we're, we're reading all the foolishness in the magazines. You know, and the, the gossip that's on television. But God is desiring us to go and read books that are written by authors that you know are, f- are sound. Sound in their experience. That doesn't mean that they're always saved. No, they don't always know Christ, but they're sound in their skill and in their profession, in terms of where you want to go, educationally, career-wise. Secondly, there are spiritually, you look for those authors that are sound in the faith. I love John Maxwell. I, that man, it's just like ooh, knowledge just who is this out of him. At TD Jakes, I could sit at his table anytime. Pull the chair out, get the popcorn, get the pen and the notepad, because I know revelation's going to flow. Pick up a book, turn on a teaching, and let it get inside of you. Because the more it permeates you, the more you become what God is calling you to be. Whatever topic he's calling you to grab hold of, go for it. Don't hold back. If it's about wifehood, look up some books on what it is to be a wife. Look up a book on what it is to be a husband. Don't wait till you say I do to pick up the book. Because you're gonna have a lot of baggage. You know? Try and get rid of as, as much of the stuff that's inside that little suitcase of yours. Trotch, I'm telling you. Try and get rid of as much of it as possible. So the journey could be more pleasing. Could be more pleasant. You can walk in harmony. Yes. The, un- the, the process of unity won't be as harsh. Because you know what it is? Our mindsets stop us from becoming one. I want this, but you want that. I'm, no, I, we ain't going there. But he said, yes we are. And so there's a struggle war that's gonna happen. And so we have to make sure that we begin to position ourselves and we learn submission. Oh, what a word. Hey, Pastor, does that mean that, you know, just walk all over me? No, that's not what I'm saying. Submission means I might feel one way, you may say another, but because I trust you and I believe in you, I'm going to tell you what I feel or, you know, what I'm sensing in my heart, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to follow you. That's submission. It means I'm not gonna fight with you over this. Just because. Some of us would be like, it's my money anyway. I went to work. Let me see the hours. You wanna see the hours? Let me show you the paycheck. <laughs> Whose name is on the paycheck? Oh, I thought so. God said, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hey. Hey. God said, where's the I? Take the I out, because it should be a we right now. You know? And let's not get confused with the we either. Because it's not gonna be like, honey, bring your paycheck and I spend it however I want either. You know, come on. Those are two extremes. But we need we we need balance in the middle. Right? So Let's talk about this. Come, let's reason together. Meet at the round table. Let's talk about where the funds are gonna go and how it's gonna be divided. Because you're gonna get an allowance like I'm getting an allowance. So you think about what you get to me because I'm gonna put that same favor on you. The table's got to turn. Come on now. That's the way it is. But we have to make sure that we come to God and we prepare ourselves. So, you know, not only do we know that we are already great, but we have to prepare for the great. We have to do that. If we don't prepare ourselves for the great, we will not become the greater that God is calling us to. Because the great consists of great trials. The great consists of great testimonies. Great lessons learned. Great character being developed. That's what the grade is about. See? But it has to be stirred up. And when you stir some things, you know, you ever seen something when you, when you stir a pot, you have certain things at the bottom of the pot, and you have to stir it in? You know, or, or you're making lemonade, the sugar's at the bottom, and the lemonade is there, so you have to stir up the sugar so the sweetness could come up to the top. That's how it is with preparing for the great. God wants to stir up some stuff. And those things that don't belong in it, he wants to pick it out. Say, "Uh -uh, mm uh-uh, you're not going to like the way it tastes with this in there, honey. Mm -mm. You don't want to leave the clothes in. You want to take the clothes out. Because if you eat one of those clothes, trust me, you're not going to like the flavor. And so that's the way it is when it comes to preparing for greatness. Proverbs 18, verse 22 says, He that findeth a, not a woman, not a lady, not a girl, he that findeth a, findeth a a good thing and obtains favor from the, Oh boy, hey, so let's break it down a little bit here. He's finding a wife, that means she's married already? A wife is married already. What do you mean by he that findeth a wife? He that findeth a wife means I found someone who I think is compatible. Somebody that fits me like a glove, a hand in a glove. Not too tight. You know, they're not going to, oh, what you doing today? You know, they're not going to stifle you, right? Where you going? (laughs) Jeez, get off my back. Let me breathe. Can I just hang out with the girls? Can I just hang out with the guys? Let me breathe a little bit. They're not going to stifle you. But it's going to give you room to grow. They're going to give you room to think about who you are and whose you are. And, and they're going to allow you to be who God created you to be. See, they're not going to get all jealous of you. It's not a competition. We come to complete each other, not to compete with each other. That's not what this is about. Marriage... It's about two becoming one. If I win, you win. If you win, I win. We're one. So we've got to make this thing happen. I want to say by hook or by crook, but that don't sound right. <laughs> Regardless of whatever it is that we go through, we're going to make it happen and we're gonna have, it's going to happen together. He that findeth a wife, She already prepared herself. She already knows that the one or the individual that completes her is coming. So therefore, she dresses a certain way. She speaks a certain way. She carries herself in a certain way so that every other guy knows that she's about commitment. We are not going after, hit it today, say goodbye tomorrow, but we are going to be here together forever. And so when they see you, player, player, go look at you and say, not her. Not her. Uh-uh. She's not in for the games. She's not in for the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She's not about that. She's educated. She knows where she's going. She knows she got it, and she knows she can do it without me. Come on now. She knows who she is. So the brother man that steps to this wife knows that he's got to make sure he got game, and his game is tight. Okay. So when he steps to her, he got to step to her a certain way. He can't be like, "Hey, baby." You're looking sweet. (laughs) He knows that he has to take a different approach to her. He has to find out what interests her. You know, he makes a compliment and and keeps it going. And then he comes back around another time. And he drops another C to let her know that he's interested. He continues to circle the circumference. Cause he knows, he knows he has to prepare before he goes in for the kill. Cause she's aware of her surroundings. She's aware who's watching. And so she's just waiting patiently to see whether or not he is the one. And so brothers, as you, you are the hunters, there's a hunter instinct inside of you. He goes in for the spoils. His goal is to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Everything. And so he says, I, I've got to have in my mind whether or not I'm, I'm going to put a ring on that finger. And so he says, let me check out who she is a little bit more. And so he takes time to date her. He takes time to court her. And he only courts her if he sees a future. If he's still there and she is a wife, she will know that this is not something that is lasting. And she will say goodbye to the relationship. Because that's what a wife does. Because she's recognizing that he is somebody else's husband. If he is not hers, then he belongs to another. And you must send him back if he is not yours. All right, now. Oh, boy. He that findeth a wife findeth a... He knows that she is of value. She's just not gonna spend the money in your way. She's going to consider where the fun goes because she recognizes that she has to take care of a household. Her goal is to become virtuous. She is not perfect, but she will be faithful. That's the signature of a wife because she wants commitment. She is about commitment. So if you are not looking for that, brothers, keep on walking. Because she ain't talking to you anymore. That was not scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the thing about it is that when you are obedient to the Lord... There is favor that follows. And that's why it says, he that findeth a wife findeth the good thing. Because when you make a commitment unto God, God begins to bless you the union. God is a blesser of unions. And so when you have a man who finds a wife, God says, good son, you've made me proud. He becomes a proud papa. And so his blessing seals that's what it's about when you go before the clergyman and says, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. And I'll tell you one or two things. There are two types of death that will do you part. There's either going to be the natural death or there is going to be a cutting away of the hearts because of separation. Separation. Till death do us part. And I've heard someone say, divorce is worse than death because it just hits you that deep. You're alive, but you feel death internally. And I thought that was so powerful because I said, wow. I said, that means you're, you're constantly walking around with grief. And you're grieving until God really heals you. That's a hard place to be. So, when we are faithful, when we we are committed to God, there is a submission that happens when God begins to talk to us about the greater. He's calling us to a deeper level of commitment, he's calling us to a deeper level of obedience. He's calling us to a deeper level of intimacy with him. And so as a result, he bestows his favor on us. And the amazing thing about favor is that favor puts us before great men and women. Favor causes us to get promotions that other people would say, how in the world did you get that? Favor will cause you to have Things that people say, how in the world? I thought she couldn't get pregnant. But God's favor will do that. When in, in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 1, I'm sorry. in Luke chapter 1, Mary, um, the angel comes to Mary. And the wonderful thing about it is that he says to her, you have found favor in the sight of God. The angel could have gone to anybody, but Mary got chosen. Right? She was an ordinary woman, ordinary girl. She was a young girl, loving regular things just like everybody else, right? Came to Mary, and the angel basically gave her uh, uh, a message. You're going to be with child. Now, Mary could have rejected the blessing, right? She could have been like, "Nah, I'm good. No, I don't think so. That's crazy, right? She could have rejected it. But she recognized that God had a plan for her life. And a part of the plan was to give birth to a Savior, to the Messiah. I don't even think she understood in depth, what that meant. Have you ever had someone say to you, "Like I love you," and you really don't really understand the depth of that love? Like you're like, "Yeah, I love you too, girl. I love you too." You know, you hug. You're like, "Yeah, you my girl." But you really don't ex- don't recognize how much that person's love you until something happens and they're there for you, and they stay in a hospital with you, and they watch you go through a divorce, or they stand by you when you've lost your mama, you lost your daddy. They're just there through the whole thing, through thick, through thin, through mudslides. And then you say, gosh, you really, you, you really love me for real, for real. Like, you're my girl. You're my boy. You got me. And you know what? The thing about it is, yes. And that was the same thing that happened with Mary. It was like, you know, you're going to give birth to the Savior, but he never spoke to her about what was coming. He never spoke to her about the trials. He never spoke to her about the distress she was going to experience. He never spoke to her about his crucifixion. Never. Never only spoke to her about the greatness that she was going to birth. My God. So easy to say yes to the great. But are you willing to go through for the great? Because I'm telling you, I'm t- it's wonderful when you first get there. Have you you know, the honeymoon stage, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you just get married and you're glowing and everything. Like, oh my gosh, like we're hey, married. Like, I'm Mrs. So and so, Mrs. Shadwick. And it takes you like about five years to get used to your name, right? Everybody's like, hey, Mrs. Shadwick. And you're still walking. <laughs> and they're like, did she hear her name? Don't she know who she is? All the married people say amen. amen. <laughs> it takes time because it's a change. You've been called your name for over 20 years. And then all of a sudden, your name changes. It's going to take time. How many of us have a name change in Jesus? And it's still taking us some time. When God calls us, we're still talking about who, me? You talking about? I says, yes, I'm talking to you. You're mine. You're my bride. You're my love. And the thing about it is, it doesn't matter what we're going to face. Know that you're going to face it with him. He's not going to leave you. He's not that wishy-washy God. The great is still great. Because this trial doesn't mean it's not great. Because you know, come on now, six months into the job, you're like, Lord, why did I take this? (laughs) These people are crazy. (laughs) They lost their mind. What is going on in here? Confusion. (laughs) Lord, you sure you sent me? Let me get back on my knees. I don't think I heard him. (laughs) And we start praying and fasting all over again because we thought we heard wrong. But it's still a blessing. It's still your blessing until God moves you on to the next place. It's still your place of refuge. And you treat it as such. You keep loving the people there. You keep praying for them and calling them forth into purpose and destiny there. That's what you do because God has called you. He has bestowed favor on you where people wouldn't survive where you are. God has put you in that place. He puts you in that den with the lions because he knows that you have what it takes to be there. You have the strength to make it. You have the courage. But you just have to, on a daily basis, pull it down. Pull down that boldness. Pull down that faith. Pull it down. Pull down that strength. Pull it down through prayer. Pull it down. And as you do that, God will continue to resurrect everything that you need internally. Things that you thought I never know, I knew how to do that. All of a sudden, God just and He said, "Call so and so. They know. They know what you need. They've got what you need. You don't know how to do that? Go ahead. Just, just call the extension. And you call so and so. Can you do me a favor? Could you tell me how to? I remember I was at my job and I called Pastor Edgar. I said, Pastor Edgar, listen, I'm doing something right now on Excel. Could you please tell me how to do this thing again? Sometimes we think that what what God has given us, what we need, we think that it it all has to be internal. But really, it also comes through connections with people. So don't forget your connections. The person who's sitting next to you have what you need. Sometimes we size people up and we say, oh, no. It ain't about nothing. And then you start talking. You say, you do what? You play the bass. You know how to operate the soundboard. You know how to play the drums. You know how to play the pe- But what don't you know how to do? Sometimes people talk in multiple languages. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm struggling here trying to communicate. And I could have just pulled you over and said, could you please interpret? Utilize the gifts and the connections God has given to you. Don't just let it fall to the ground. God has given you favor for where you are and where you're going. Grab hope to it. Take hold of this moment of preparation. Don't let the connections drop. There's a reason for it. You might not necessarily need that connection now, but you may need it later. But you know what? Make the best impression you can make because it's going to be a lasting impression. So when you come back around the next time, they're gonna say, oh, I remember him. That's right, yes. He's a man of integrity, honesty. I remember him. Yeah, he, That building thing, yes. I remember him. Whatever he wants, you give it to him. That's the way the business world works. It, it's not all about what we know but it's also about who we know. In the kingdom, we should be pushing each other forward, connecting in one another. What, where are you? You're in the business field? All right, go see your brother Dwayne and sister Rhonda. Oh, wait a minute, you wanna go into law? Here comes sister Ola. All right, the nurses, right here. This, 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 this is the professional, okay? This one's the artist. We got the artist, the missionary, just fan the flame. You'll see all kinds of stuff start coming down. <laughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But one, know that you're already, that God, you're already, you, you, God has God given you greatness. You are great. Two, prepare for the greater. Don't wait. Don't, 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 don't wait at all. Whatever platform God is calling you, don't wait. Don't miss out on God's move. And lastly, make a conscious decision to become greater. Tell somebody, make a conscious decision to become greater. Now I'm going to tell you something. When you make a conscious decision to become greater, there gonna be some people who are gonna be jealous of you. They're coming. If you haven't seen them yet, they're coming. I call them the green-eyed monsters. They're coming. And the thing about it is that if you don't recognize the greatness in you, they do. And they will try to sabotage you and try to kill the very thing that makes you great. And we see that in the story of David. David was just on the backside, desert, just, you know, he's just doing his thing with the animals, you know, woo, having some fun, shooting his little slingshot, you know, killing bears and everything on the backside of the desert. He was just having fun with God, playing his harp, not thinking anything big of it, just doing what he loved. He was being David. Then, Anita rises, his father says, go take some food to your brothers. Obedience, okay, daddy, here I go. He's on his journey, he gets there, he realizes there's a war going on. Philistines are there, the Israelites are there, and nobody would stand up to this huge Philistine called Goliath. David said, what's the problem? Did you hear what he just said? And he began to get angry internally. There was a righteous indignation that rose up on the inside of David. And he says, are you talking about God's people like this? Who do you think you are? Now, mind you, he's like down here and the giant is up there, okay? Seven to nine feet. Imagine that. Okay, he's up there. And here's this little boy going, who does he think he is? Right? And so the amazing thing is, David went to the king and said, I can, I can take him out. Right? I, I could do this. And so he says, you know what, boy? Go ahead. <laughs> you know what? You need some armor because you're going to need some. And the king gives him his armor. But the thing about it is, With David, David was just like, "This is not working." You know, he could barely move in it. It was just awkward. You know, have you ever had somebody try to tell you their strategy for something, and you're like, "This just don't work. Let me do it my way." Because you can't wear somebody. You can't. You can't do it always the way somebody else does it. You have to be you. You are unique. God created you that way. And so he said, You know what? I'm good. So he takes off the armor. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. And he goes on the battlefield. And he has his slingshot. And he finds, you know, his smooth stones. And he goes to battle. And he, of course, Goliath, just like the enemy, he runs up on him. Right? And David actually comes. He pulls back and he slays, he hits him right in the center of his head. And Goliath drops. And the amazing thing about this story is that David wasn't looking for anything. He just wanted them to know that there's a God in Israel. That's really what David wanted them to know. Because David's slogan was, my God will give me your head. He's going to put you in my hands. Your head is going to be in my hands today. And so the amazing thing is, David wasn't gloating. He was very humble. You know, it was just like, yay, like my people won, you know. Like if you win, I win, you know. And so he was just so happy for Israel. Like they were able to keep their land and their possessions and everything else. And that was wonderful. That's what he was walking in. And so then the king was, Saul basically said, you know, whose son is that guy? Whose whose son is that? He said, I don't know whose son that is. So he goes to David. He said, whose son are you? He said, I'm the son of Jesse. David was already king. He just didn't really know it yet, but he was already king. He was operating like a king. He was the chief soldier in command on the battlefield. He took his position. He was the commander in chief out there. He roused the people for war. Nobody else did that. He did. They were sitting scared in their palaces. They were running for their lives. Not even his brothers who told him, boy, get out of here, was willing to stand up to him. But David was already a king in his heart. And it says that Saul took him into his ranks. He embraced him. And Jonathan fell in love with David, like his own brother. You know that I got your back, I love your man kind of thing that we talked about? That was Jonathan and David. And the thing about it is, the people began to sing. Uh-oh, here come trouble. See, because the people People recognize when something's going on. And they began to sing a song that sounds a little bit like this. Saul has slain his thousands. But David has slain his 10,000. did Saul get upset? 1 Samuel 18, 6 to 9 says, and I'm going I'm to jump down, and I'm going to jump all the way down to verse 11. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry, and this refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And it says in verse 13, and from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Look at somebody say, don't get jealous. God is calling me. Look at somebody else and say, don't get jealous. He's calling you too. get your eye out the way. And become greater. All right now. Give the guys a hand of praise for that. Yeah. People are going to recognize the favor on your life. They're going to know that God is with you. Don't take it for granted. Greatness, know that you're great. Prepare for the great. And be conscious of the greatness that you're about to walk into. Keep developing yourself. Don't stop now. Don't let it go. Don't just say, ah, I guess it's nothing. It's something is working it out for your good. Keep trucking with God. As the song said before, don't give up on God because God didn't give up on you. So God bless you today, and I love you guys. You believe that God is calling you to the great today. I'm gonna to ask you to stand. We're gonna pray. I had more, but I felt to stop there. And I, I kind of felt it too when I was doing my notes. But God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Could we just lift our hands to the Lord? God, we just thank you today, Lord God, for you are the God of a second chance. We thank you today that you are great, Lord God. You do miracles so great. There's no one else that's like you, God. So we thank you that you're in us. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're calling us today, Lord God, not to give in, not to throw in the towel, but to prepare. You're sending us, Lord God, to to, to, to people, Lord God, who you're calling us to stand up for. You're calling us, Lord God, to people that you're calling us to pursue. You're calling us, Lord God, to places that we've never been before. And so, God, we surrender our hearts. We surrender our alls. We surrender everything to you today, God, our gifts, our talents, our vocation, our families. We surrender everything to you. You know how we're going to be impacted, Lord God, by the place that you're taking us to next. And so we're asking you to help us. Help us to live balanced lives, God. Help us not to to be uh, frustrated, Lord God, with the plans, Lord. Help us not to get frustrated with the process, God. But help us to yield it to you. We know that you're faithful. know that you're gonna do it help us to perceive it today help us to see the great today help us to know it in our hearts help us to plan for it today to cultivate the gifts that you've given to us so we can possess the land today you, God, because you have not given up on us. So we praise you even now. In Jesus' name we pray.